Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast with Simon Cocking, Senior Editor. I'll be doing a series of interviews with people at the cutting edge of green tech, clean tech, and anything else that we think is interesting and worth listening to for you guys, our listeners. Okay, so today we have somebody who uh, whose work we've been aware of for a good while and has done um, some interesting things in terms of how people talk and communicate with each other. Um, so first of all, I guess, who am I talking to and what is it that we're going to discuss today? And then, then I'm going to explain why I think it's interesting. So first of all, uh, who are we talking to today? Owen Kennedy from Congregation. Awesome. So uh, I, I, this began, a few, well, I, how many years ago did it begin? This is the eighth year. So 2013 was the very first year of Congregation. Wow. And so first things first, for those who don't know, what is Congregation and where is it guessed, based? Although they may guess from, there's a clue in the name. So Congregation is an annual own conference based in the west of Ireland, which roaming teams takes place normally in Kong Village. But obviously this year we we'll have to change to the virtual environment. Um, it's an own conference where people, rather than buy a ticket, they have to earn their way in with a submission. And then on the day we use social venues and we break people into small groups of 10 and we keep going until everyone has presented. And what's the, um, what's the thinking behind this and what kind of topics do they come to talk about? So the thinking, the, the reason why um, congregation happened was it was around various observations about what happens at conferences. So I had seen when, if I go to a conference and I'm presenting, that I had a fundamentally different experience than if I went as an attendee. Yeah. And then I often wondered that if you could get attendees to talk to each other, could, could they learn more than if they were if, than listening to the God up in the top of the room? Um, and I was also curious about trying to generate a format where people could find it really easy to network. And the last reason was to see if you could run an event in a small village in the west of Ireland and that would normally be at a big city event if you could get everyone to work together. I, they don't have a big auditorium, so you'd have to have lots of venues kind of working together. So that was, that was the logic behind it. The team has changed every year. So the team in the very first year was very specific around social media. Then it broadened into digital media. Then it expanded out into really because of what people want to discuss. So. It, it expanded out into technology and how it impacts people in their work and personal lives. Then it broadened out into the future. Then it was innovation, ideas, and last year was community. Um, so what happens after the event is you get a sense of the type of topics that people really want to discuss. And the first year, I suppose, when it was social media was almost like classic conference stuff where everyone said they just want to talk about social media because it's going to help them in work. And what actually you could see was that people wanted an outlet or a forum that forced them to think a little bit more about a topic and then to have the permission to air and discuss ideas and things that they wouldn't normally get a chance to do. Yeah, look, I mean, and I think each year for, from the ones that I was involved in, um, you, you, you curated a very interesting mixture of people. So, I mean, was that intentional? And it certainly helped to add value. So, so when I look at them, um, so normally on this time of year or, or a little bit earlier, when it gets closer to the event, I look at the profile of people who are coming. And, you know, naturally I want to have a, you know, a 50-50 split if possible of male-female. Um, I also look to try to get people of different ages. So we have people from um, 
a 16 year old student last year all the way up to a 74 year old um, with a very 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 sharp mind let me add and then i look to try to get people from different backgrounds in general so it's not an echo chamber of you know people like me that is a, it's a, an echo chamber of people from different backgrounds from different ethnicity um, and normally this time of year, what I end up doing is I look and I kind of go, hmm, there's no artist there. That'd be a really interesting perspective on this particular topic. Or, you know, there's nobody there talking about law and the legal structure and governance. How would we? And I normally try, I reach out and then try find those type people. So in, in general, there's about a 50% um, turnover in the people who come. And that 50% people who were there last year are there the, the next year. Mm -hmm. and it rolls and people mightn't come for one or two years and come back so there's constant trying to refresh but the thing that refreshes them more is the fact that people have to come with something that's the this is identified to me by a, a, another friend there mccasey but it's that people don't it's not that you come and you're kind of gorging on knowledge or listening you're you're coming with something and that that idea of um you know you have to put the work into submission and you have to come and have to talk about it that keeps it it keeps it very fresh yeah and i think it has been and i think the the topics that you've come up with each year are interesting thought-provoking and have had quite a wide range of responses which which is completely what you want um so prior to 2020 uh, it had evolved um and therefore this year you've you've had to evolve again i mean for all the reasons that are going on so 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 how did you how did you do that and plan yeah, it and so execute that so that's that was an interesting uh, interesting experience but i realized back really at the end of the, at the start of the year that this was likely to happen mm -hmm. um in that um even if the lockdown wasn't um even if it wasn't level five lockdown that there could be a reluctance from people and um to come and then and then how well would it be appreciated by a small village if there's a big influx of people and then something yeah. awful happened as a result but you're right what happened with congregations that it evolved from the one day event into a friday night in ashford castle and then um a poetry open mic and then the learning musical instrument a whole day children's workshops normally have a workshop on the friday night as well and then on the Saturday, there was a social event, so it had broadened out, and I, it took over the whole whole weekend. So this year, obviously, we can't do an awful lot of that. And my concern was that, like, it was easier to cancel. But my concern was, if you cancel, it's really hard to resurrect something the next yeah. year, personally. And then it slips out of people's um, calendar because a lot of people had their accommodation booked um, to oh. come to Kong, and there was a good chunk. I think about forty people were going to come to Kong anyway. We're going to, they were going to go to the community center where they could dial in in a socially distance friendly environment and right. um, up to when level five so there's a lot of people who were still coming anyway even though it was going to be a virtual event because they wanted that almost blended part and it was coming mm -hmm. to the west of Ireland was an important part so there's certain things you cannot replicate and um, you know one of the real attractions of kong is you, you go to beautiful parts of the country and to a lovely yeah. village um, and you know that can't be overstated but bizarrely the, the structure of Kong and how it works um, mirrors very nicely the breakout room structure that platforms like Zoom have. Um, and the reason being that um, when people come to Kong, you know, I break them into a group of 10, they all head off into, it could be a bar, it could be a restaurant, it could be a bookstore. Um, and you can actually do that technically on Zoom quite easily. 
the biggest, biggest problem is the perception of Zoom and video conferencing for work during the week, and then something like this. And what I mean by that is that I find personally that um, you know I, I'm on, I'm, I'm, um, online calls an awful lot during the week, as are most of the population, and I find them really, really tiring. Mm -hmm. um, where I've gone on a few of this, the, these type of events, like the Doki open evening, and I feel actually energized afterwards, which is really strange because the medium's the same, but because the interaction is totally different, I feel different. But people's perception of going on to another Zoom call at the weekend can just, there's a, there's a little bit of resistance to that. So in order to kind of make it a bit um, more like what Kong is, we've done simple things like we've developed, um, you know, virtual backgrounds. You know, we do have the chairs in each of the room to be cool. well well managed and we're also doing um a po poetry open mic which is really really popular lots of people signed up for it again this year and we're hoping to do a stand-up where in the evening time we'll take people through um with a stand-up comedian they'll share the secrets of how stand-up kind of works and what to look out for and tips and tricks of trade and then you have a stand-up session where people can like, jump up and either tell a funny joke or tell a story so at least that part of picking up new skills is kind of still there yeah look I, I think that's interesting and i would definitely have felt maybe q2 to q3 of this year i wasn't convinced of the value of virtual events i could see why event organizers were jumping into virtual events but i wasn't sure as a participant or as a speaker how useful they were and yet i also agree with you because i've been to some i've been to a virtual beer tasting recently and obviously while that sounds surreal they sent us the beer they sent us the bar snacks and they had 25 or 30 of ireland's leading journalists all in a chat group and that's actually was very interesting and informative and so that was metal man who did that and i thought that 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 was actually a more interesting event than many that i had been to and so i, I think we're six to nine months into this new paradigm but like you say and particularly with what the thought you're putting into yours people are working out how do i differentiate between a draining zoom call and something that has a bit more levity so i would agree with you that i think it's quite possible or it's natural people have evolved how to do this and make it better um so i, I get a question i have for you is is that in some ways i mean you moved out of dublin probably just preceding or eight to ten years ago and so in some ways is the way you have evolved working over the last near decade has this year uh, like demonstrated and validated the way that you've worked do you feel that like the rest of the world or the rest of ireland is now working out how you were able to work or this don't is you? Them. <laughs> this is this is the conversation that has come up again and again and again and you've hit the nail on the head in that so when i moved west about 10 years ago mm -hmm. uh, it was it was you know it wasn't that uncommon but it was uncommon enough um, and definitely for roles and for work, um, you got to a point where it's like, oh, you can't be here Monday, Friday. Oh, you're not as good as people you have in the office. At the start of lockdown, a number of things fundamentally changed. One, because there was no choice. People had to do it. Um, the fallacy that it wasn't possible was evaporated, mm -hmm. um, which is really, really important. And especially at senior management levels, because you know people lower down always knew that this could be done. And you know, driving for two hours for a half an hour meeting was not yeah. really the best use of time. And when people were meeting up, they weren't making the best out of having human beings in a room. You know, it could have been done by an email, perhaps. Yeah. The other thing that changed fundamentally was that it, it, its pendulum actually swung. So 
where a lot of remote workers would have found themselves, you know, yeah, you're good and you have the skills, you can't be in the office at an extreme left. Pentium has actually swung and gone way beyond that over to the other side where suddenly people have gone, oh, so you have a home office and um, you have all the tech that you need and um, you've got really good broadband and really importantly, you know how to do this. You know how to use collaborative technologies. You're really mm -hmm. comfortable with working by yourself. You know how to run online meetings so to get the maximum out of it. And and it's easy for me to say now that, um, yeah, this stuff is really good and to enjoy them is easy. But it took like 10 years to really get into it. And mm -hmm. in another house where I lived, where I didn't have a home office and I was working from the kitchen table, it was a horrendous experience. So <laughs> it's um, so I so I really feel sorry for people who are working at home in a crisis because that's not remote working. Um, you know that, that that's working at home in a crisis and it's massively different. Where you know you're at home in the kitchen, you're contaminating your living space with work mm. because you're always seeing the laptop in the corner. But if people yeah. can. If they can move to the point where they have a space that gets sealed off, that you close the door and walk away, then it is an incredible experience. And the, I'm, I think the genie's kind of out of the bottle because I've, I've realized the value of it for a long time, as have you. Um, but now a lot of other people are suddenly waking up to kind of going, man, I was sitting in a car for four hours. Mm. And um, like, you know, why did I do that? Like it's when you step off the treadmill, suddenly you realize the insanity of the things that you were doing. And I think there's much more openness now towards um, the idea of blended working environments. And there's much more questioning of presenteeism, as in to make people leave in the office, it doesn't mean that, and you can see them, it doesn't mean that they're doing any better work than if they were remote. But I think the skill set, and the thing that the biggest thing that I've noticed recently is the skill set of management has to improve. Um, and that's not all stick stuff, um, you know, it's a lot of carrot stuff. And then, the socializing part, you know, because people aren't getting the chance to socialize at all. So when meetings happen, there's a bit of socialization kind of around it. But the biggest single thing is cultural change. And that unfortunately can only happen with guidance from the top. And that takes sometimes a long time. So, you know, companies, um, I've heard of legal companies who really struggle with this because they like to kind of see the people in the office mm -hmm. um, and then other other work um, places where they're unbossed or it's, it's more decentralized management or smaller teams, they've no problem with it. So. But in general, um, awful as it is to say, um, um, because of the awful impact on businesses and work destruction and the the personal and the human impact of COVID on, on remote working, it's probably validated the case better than anything else. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's uh, well put and articulated, well articulated and I would agree. Look, I mean, absolutely, uh, nobody wants a global pandemic. Um, at the same time, you know, I think we had climate change rushing up on us prior to 2020. And so this does maybe offer us as a species an opportunity to, you know, reset our habits and look at how we do things. And particularly, like you say, with those four hour commutes for a half hour meeting um, that were done because that's the way it was done. That doesn't necessarily mean it's the way to go forward. So uh, I think I think you're right. Um, uh, so a question I have, um, like, I, like, so I found congregation very useful. It's helped to evolve and challenge my thinking so where, what, what, what are your go-to sites and people for information and inspiration um i suppose that i it's quite eclectic so i kind of end up um i end up surfing around quite a bit bizarrely related to the last conversation when i was doing a lot of 
when I was doing a lot of transit, I used to live, listen to the foreign media release podcast a huge amount. I used mm-hmm. to listen to a lot, a lot of podcasts. Yeah. My podcast consumption has dropped significantly since then. And then my interest kind of evolved and kind of changed. So I'm quite interested in conversational design. And so I'm planning into a lot of those blogs and forums. And what happens with congregation rather than a single thing, because like, what did I know about Society 3.0? Well, I knew quite little about it and probably still do. But that forces me into a whole new set of uh, people and areas to kind of explore. So um, there is no one go-to, I'm afraid. It's, it's kind mm-hmm. of as, the, as the, topic, the topics evolve, I find a whole new set of go-to people for different things. Um, but there is a close set of friends who I can always bounce things off. Um, to kind of get a, a sense of check and and a, and a sense of direction. That's kind of one of the nice things about congregation. There's still a lot of people there who you know are curious minds who are interested in stuff that you know you could reach out to and kind of go, "Listen, I'm wondering about this. What do you think?" And they kind of give you you know their their insights very willingly. Yeah, look, I mean, uh, I, I agree. And um, I guess one of the reasons you came back to mind was because we'd interviewed Mary Carty recently, and therefore you know we were just you know, combining our thought to go, well, we actually met at congregation. So, you know, like you say, it becomes the address book that you then mentally dip into. Um, so yeah, very much so. Um, so look, um, how can people find out more about the event? And I think it's still possible for people to contribute pieces, isn't it? It is, yeah. So we'll take submissions up to, you know, the cutoff point is 100. And it kind of becomes a bit unmanageable after that, and it becomes something different. So we still want it to be small and intimate. So the cutoff is 100. The date is November the 21st, so we'll take submissions up until then. And submissions come through the website, which is www.congregation.ie. Congregation, mm-hmm. as in, um, and back to the, your opening comment about the name. And um, that name came from John Breslin in NUIG. And it's obviously a pun on calm congregation. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> I know. Um, uh, so, I mean, and I guess in the future, so I guess one final question would be, this is 2020. I guess you do this, you see how it flows. And 21, 22 perhaps could be blended as well, couldn't it? It could, yeah. I'm expecting a lot more innovation. You touched on this around the conference, the conference of what I am. Um, Metal Man had done in terms of the beer tasting, and I've seen some of that um, with Twitter and everything before. And um, there's there's a lot of you know innovation happening, but it's really low level. So I I'm I'm just been amazed at the level of innovation that has not happened in this space. We looked at a number of different platforms to do this, where you know they weren't virtual reality because they're not there at this that that point yet. But I imagine in the next twelve months you see a lot of innovation that is not traditional. Um, conference organizers trying to make a virtual version of what they do, but rather the other way around. So it could be something that's people who are used to working in a virtual environments, creating something for a virtual environment, which um, is, and you'll get a very different result. So what we're seeing now is, you know, let's take our conference and put it online. And that doesn't really translate massively well, but what I'm hoping will happen over the next year, we'll see more solutions which are, um, uh, you know, virtual environments that incorporate kind of some way of getting people involved. And what that means is you probably have like better merging of just say there's Teams or Zoom 
and Miro boards connected together with some overlay of virtual reality. So it feels like you're actually there. So I'm hoping to do a lot more experimentation. This year, we were going to experiment with a, a completely different platform, um, but it was just going to be too complicated for some people. So I'm hoping if it does, if it, you know, if we are forced into lockdown next year, that'll look phenomenally different because it has to move on. It can't be, you know, even though the Zoom calls like this or online conference calls like this are very different, it has to move on to be better. And it's not going to be driven by the traditional players. It has to be driven, I think, by people who live in the virtual environments. Cool. I think that'll be something to look forward to. And I know what you mean, because we have haptic stuff, we have VR, we have AR. Um, and like you're saying, it's almost putting together this could be better than it is and just beginning to art articulate and imagine what, what good might be like. So look, um, it's been a pleasure to talk to you and um, it's uh, it'll be great to let people know about it. So thank you very much for your time. Not at all, Simon. Thank you very much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed that podcast and we will be bringing you more across as diverse and interesting a range of stories as we can find. You're welcome to reach out to us on Twitter, LinkedIn or by email and give us any feedback and let us know what you'd like us to cover in the future. Thanks and keep listening.